What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, guys, it's another New Vision Podcast. Cloud back with you here and a happy Friday If you're listening to this the day it comes out, we're continuing on through the book of Mark as we go verse by verse. We're we're in chapter 14 today. Many of you have heard this story before, especially around Easter time, but we're going to dig into it again today as we are now in the passion narrative of the gospel of Mark. So passion, he's just had, Jesus has just had the last supper with his disciples. He's predicted Peter's denial three times and Judas has stormed out of the last supper to finalize plans to hand Jesus over to be arrested. And so that's coming up here in chapter 14. I'm reading the first part. The rest of it is going to be continued on Monday. And so here is Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 42, and I'm reading out of the ESV. And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And he is going to be betrayed. We'll see the rest of that on Monday. The first point I put as I wrote this down, we I know we've all heard this before, especially around Easter time, but number one, Jesus was more distressed to endure spiritual suffering than he was physical suffering. So obviously he's distressed here. Other gospel accounts talked about him sweating blood. So, I mean, it's intense. And he's about to, he knows, so he's fully God. He knows he's going to go to the cross. And you can't, I can't imagine nails going through the cartilage and bones and stuff in my hands and basically asphyxiating, you know, having to press up against the wounds just to get a couple short breaths so you're you had this agonizing wound, flesh wound, but also you're you're basically starving of oxygen and, and choking to death. I just can't imagine a death. So he knows that's going to happen. But here in the Garden of Gethsemane, what Jesus is most distressed of is enduring spiritual suffering more than he was physical suffering. We see this in how he's talking about the cup. Now, for a lot of us growing up in church, you know. We wouldn't have been familiar of this, this terminology, as much as a first century Jewish audience would have been who was very familiar with their Old Testament, probably more than we were. And so cup, basically, it's a metaphor that, that's talking about the wrath of God. 
you know, he's going to pour it out on sinners because he's righteous and he's fully, you know, just. And so this righteous judgment that we all deserve because we're sinners and falling short of his glory is coming out and, and it's symbolized in this cup of the wrath of God. And we see this in texts like Isaiah chapter 51, where it says, O Jerusalem, stand up, you who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath, who have drunk to the dregs the bowl of staggering. Or we see it again in Jeremiah 25, verse 15. Thus the Lord God of Israel said to me, Take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath, and make all nations to whom I send you drink it. They shall drink and stagger and be crazed because of the sword that I am sending among them. And so cup means wrath. Jesus is distressed and anxious and sweating blood because of the impending wrath that he's about to endure on the cross, the punishment for sin. And when you think about that, God's wrath, God's slow to anger, but long-suffering and burning slowly his anger at every sin that has ever been committed throughout the course of human history— from the beginning of time, you think about every murder, every rape, every abuse of a child, every genocide, every little sin that has just, can you imagine how sick you would be if you're, if you're most consumed about your righteousness and your holiness and over and over and over a billion times it's been trampled upon, how angry you would be and sick at some of the most horrific acts that mankind has ever done. And God has slowly but long-sufferingly been storing up his wrath against every single sin. And Jesus is about to endure the wrath of the Father on the cross, drinking the cup. And so more than the physical wounds, the asphyxiation, the the mental suffering, the you know, his friends ab- abandoning him, he's most afraid of wrath and then also being separated from the Father. And so this leads us to the second point. And, you know, Jesus, how distressed he is over spiritual suffering more than physical suffering, and his buddies, the disciples, can't even endure physical sleepiness. And so he, he's about to be betrayed even more by Judas, and so, you know, that leads us to the second point, which is we should be deeply full of awe and deeply full of thanksgiving that Jesus drank that cup. We should be full of awe and thanksgiving that Jesus drank that cup. And we think about the awe part of that. You know, I, I really have a hard time like comprehending what exactly is going on here because we know Jesus is fully God and he's fully man and he's not the father. He's the son. But there is only one God. And so the awe of that is like, I don't get how, I just don't fully comprehend enough to explain comprehensively how the second person of the Trinity saves us from the first person of the Trinity. You know, we see here in other texts like Isaiah 53, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. That's Jesus. It was the will of the Lord to crush Jesus. He has put Jesus to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. Or we see again in Acts chapter 2, verse 23, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, the men crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. So we see that it is God's definite plan and his foreknowledge. He brought those events to pass. That is 
mind-boggling to me. That 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 fills me with awe that the second person of the Trinity saves us from the first person of the Trinity. Uh, a couple weeks or last week, I think Ben had one of Pastor Ben Curtis had one of these podcasts, and he said, you know, the holiness and the righteousness of God demanded that sin be paid, yet the love of God found a way for him to pay it himself. And I love the way he worded that, which is exactly what's going on here. And that should full, fill us full of awe and thanksgiving. And we think about, you know, the first Adam, God creates our father, Adam, and he basically says in the garden with Eve, you know, not your will, but mine be done. I'm going to eat this forbidden fruit. But Jesus did the opposite of what the first Adam did. He said, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus did the opposite. He did the Father's will so that we wouldn't have to endure the cup of wrath. And so we should be deeply full of awe and thankful that Jesus drank the cup, not just at Easter, but all the time, including this great Friday in November. Well, I hope it's great at the time of recording this. I don't know, but hopefully it's a great Friday in November. And I hope you guys are encouraged by this as you continue to meditate on that, that your lives are filled with awe and thanksgiving. And we will see you guys on Monday. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.